Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Level Up Human. The comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Hello and welcome to Level Up Human, the live podcast show about making humans harder, faster and better, and not just because Daft Punk suggested it. We're coming today from the Green Man Festival, where nearly all the humans, myself included, could be greatly improved with a wash. Which, to be honest, we've had because it's been raining non-stop and nothing else. I'm joined by a wonderful panel. Today, on my left, we have Rosie Willoughby. Please introduce yourself, Rosie. Yes, uh, Rosie Willoughby, uh, if Willoughby, you please. Sorry. But Willoughby, if you like, the more fancy version. Yes, hello. <laughs> I am a London-based comedian, broadcaster, and writer, and I have been here performing my comedy show, Is Monogamy Dead? On my right, we have Susie Gage. Hello, yes, I am Susie Gage. I am a genetic epidemiologist and psychologist, and I'm interested in uh, drug use and mental health from a research perspective. <laughs> What what earth is an epidemiology? Epidemiology, not the study of skin, which three people have asked me this weekend, but actually it's a sort of population health, so from epidemic rather than epidermis. Oh, cool. And finally, Jim Bell. Uh, Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Bell. uh, I'm from the University of Birmingham. We've had a stall here in Einstein's garden, uh, and I have a, a worrying like of spiders. And, of course, also the wonderful audience here at the Green Man Festival. Please welcome everyone. So to get the ball rolling, uh, each of our panel have brought along a new story about some human enhancement. How about you, Rosie? What's caught your eye? Um, yeah, it was a story that was out earlier this year. Um, and being a gay woman myself, I was really interested to see that same-sex parents will apparently, within about two years, be able to have a baby that is genetically both theirs. There are some researchers at Cambridge University who found a way of creating... Um, egg and sperm cells from skin cells. Um, And and this does um, actually 
even though obviously you know it's perhaps great on inequality fronts i i'm slightly worried about it because i don't know if you know that men often go for a woman who's slightly shorter women go for a man who's taller and that has always evened out in heterosexual relationships but in the gay world these desires that men and women have for a taller or shorter partner actually carry over so when gay couples can have their own children actually runaway evolutionary theory will mean that lesbians will evolve and get taller and taller and taller and taller and gay men will of course get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter until it will be very difficult for us all to live in the same society it will all be running away going oh the lesbians are coming <laughs> run away they're going to crush us with their giant dr martin boots <laughs> pick up that little teeny tiny gay man <laughs> you can't run very fast with those tiny legs um, so so I'm, I'm a bit nervous about about this future of giant lesbians and, and tiny gay men um but but quite excited about the fact that that uh, myself and my partner could have our, our own child because because it's always strange you know when when gay couples i know have have a baby and it's biologically one of theirs even though of course both of them feel bonded to it it is this strange thing ask, like, so if you're in this situation and it's wonderful that this like because choice is awesome that's lovely we can choose anything yeah. like this. would you rather be the mum or the dad in this situation because one is still going to have to carry the baby and one's ah, going to have to knit ooh, the material. yes that that is true isn't it and I'll, if if they had yeah have you any preference um, oh, laziness well, every time. Uh, I mean, who, I, women, would you choose it? Would you choose to carry the baby? Yeah, this woman's like, no, no, absolutely no. So, yeah. well, the, the, the issue being uh, standing up for the, the being a dad and having to witness the being giving of uh, giving birth process, you're not like drugs. Whereas <laughs> if, you, if you're giving that, birth, how someone, unfair. someone comes along and gives you free, free drugs. Whereas I didn't get given any drugs. Again, so this is the Green Man Festival. Uh, you never know. Just go out yeah, looking yeah, hopeful. Yeah. I could have come here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Not, not the ideal place for hygienic childbirth, now I think of it. But <laughs> all the same. All right, Jim, what about you? Has anything caught your eye? Uh, it, it has indeed. I'm just make this work because the, the story that caught my eye was super sniffing ants smell things humans can't but no it was, it was just a story from the University of California um, where they found that that the uh, smell abilities of ants are in fact superior to the smelling abilities of humans um, as, as far as I'm aware human smelling ability is fairly limited anyway but I guess being usurped by a, uh, a, a thing with no backbone and uh, only made <laughs> of a, a few cells is is, is possibly uh, a bit humiliating for us. Um, but they, they tested how they reacted to different odours, which um, at various points in this article they referred to as either hydrocarbons or body odour. So I think they were just getting loads of, of sweat and seeing if they could get ants to figure out which person's sweat was which. And apparently they can. Oh. So, um, so yeah, that's a, uh, that's a thing. That's brilliant. I'd like improved sense. I used to have a horrendous sense of smell until a few months ago. Um, you turned into an ant. Oh no, it gets even worse because I was ant I was, man. It was in the middle of the night. I was going to give my wife like a little peck on the cheek in our sleep, and she head butted me. It broke my nose. It was an almighty crunch. And then, like the next day in the shower, what I can only describe as a horrible blood red slug shot from my nose. Uh. And since then, I've got an incredible sense of smell. It's awesome. Oh, so you could, you would recommend your partner headbutting you? Well, it's but going to happen sooner or later in my case, anyway. But, uh, yes. But it also. I mean, I don't know you. I don't know why I said well, yes. I, I live in London now, and I know now I know that London smells really, right. really bad. Oh, yeah, so it's yeah. not been the most useful thing. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't want a heightened sense of smell because I have this. Whenever I'm quite hungover, I always get a heightened sense of smell and it's not <laughs> nice. There are things that normally wouldn't bother me suddenly become, I have to be in a different room to an another person or a type of food. But the worst is Red Bull. I just have to be very, very far away from Red Bull. And, and it's quite, it's quite 
debilitating, uh, like on top of a hangover, to have to just avoid all smells. It's quite challenging. So I, I'm, I'm dead against uh, heightened sense of smell. We are, we are going to have to set up an experiment to see whether it is being headbutted in the nose, <laughs> just in general, whether your wife heading headbutting people in the nose. She is available is the for rental to headbutt people if that's what you're after. Th sure well, this is uh, it's for science, so I think we need to do it. Cool. Um, we can set something <laughs> up after the show. After you, then. All right. Yeah. Well, those are the suggestions. Give them a big round of applause. Thank you. So, now we get down to the nitty and gritty. Each of our panellists have brought along a suggestion for how they are going to improve the human conditions and humans themselves. Let's kick off with you, Rosie. Oh. Well, um, I, I think because I've, um, as I mentioned, I'm doing this show, Is Monogamy Dead? I've been looking at different um, relationship patterns and structures. And I, the whole reason I looked into that was how serially monogamous a lot of my friends were and going through the pain of a breakup or divorce um, every few years. And I started talking to a lot of people who are polyamorous and honestly negotiating multiple relationships um, rather than a lot of the monogamous couples I know who were having affairs and there was a lot of deceit involved. And I think if we could, society could evolve to, to negotiate that honestly, I'm, what I witnessed and found through genuine sort of research and, and statistical data was that um, the people who were successfully negotiating honest open relationships were having a primary partnership that lasted for a longer time. And I see that as a way of in the future having a more stable society rather than what I'm witnessing where very serially monogamous people are breaking up every few years, which, you know, um, arguably, you know, is, is not as much fun or f good for one's emotional well-being as having a stable central partnership however you do that and it seems certainly among my peer group less that we're less able to do that um, than say my parents were in in the traditional way do you think there's a can you give us a practical guide towards such relationships if this is something which is beneficial surely everybody being themselves is what we're after, ideally. Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is, is absolute honesty. Um, and, that, and ultimately, that, that is the bottom line. And, 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 and choices and, and discussion and communication in relationships. Um, you know, and I think they, they were the big things that came up. Um, but I do think that we've sort of become, just, just recently, uh, much, much more judgmental of affairs and making an assumption that an affair is an automatic end to a relationship rather than a lot of people may have written recently, in fact, about how an affair could be a really good trigger for actually communicating and then working on that central primary partnership. It doesn't make a very good excuse. You can just say, well, I slapped over to communicate with you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to work, is it? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. So I, th I think there's a lot of... I, I mean, I, I've really heard some, you know, a lot of people making alternative relationship structures work and and i found that really fascinating and and really empowering and I, absolutely i think honesty is is the key word however you then want to structure your relationship and whatever you feel your boundaries are i mean obviously in my show i i did a whole survey where i, I asked things like what counts as infidelity and for some people that was very much along emotional lines rather than actually physical lines so cool. it's, it's all very interesting stuff so our first pitch from rosie is ways of maintaining all sorts of relationships yeah, we can say that, yeah. All right. What do you think, Susie? How would you improve humans? Um, so what I've, I'm sort of going to take spider goats and, and run with them. Not, not <laughs> literally, although that would be amazing. Run with the silk. <laughs> So not so much about how we can, how we can, well, sort of almost exactly how we can make humans better. So how we can improve medicine. And the, the great thing about this, 
you can't farm spiders, um, which Jim can probably tell us why, but I think they're a bit bitey to each other. You end up with one big fat spider, this is the problem. Yeah. You, end, you start with 20 and then... Yeah. Yeah. But goats, pretty good for, uh, for farming. So you can uh, get this uh, spider silk out of the goat's milk, and this is an incredibly strong and durable material, but also it's, it's biological material. So the reason that I'm thinking it might be useful for human enhancement is because you can use it to sort of mend ligaments and that kind of thing. The body's much less likely to reject something that's sort of biological in nature mm. than man-made fibers. So silk milk, a good one. So uh, things like the, the uh, silk that you can get from spider goats that you can then put in people without the body rejecting them. Um, there's the potential for 3D printing of, of pills potentially in the future where you'll be able to, if you're ill, you'll be able to find out online what's wrong with you and then you can just like make this medicine in your front room even. Oh. I mean, we're quite a long way from that at the moment, but that would be something that could revolutionize health and that kind of thing. So although it's not sort of helping humans to begin with, it's helping them to, to thrive as best that they can. So, oh, this is amazing. Has this already happened? Have people already printed pills? Well, uh, there's, uh, there was, so that was another news article that I brought with me, actually. Yeah, so there is, there've been people doing it, but it's, it's a long way from being able to be done in your front room. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, the, the technology is sort of very much on the way. Because wow. that must be particularly amazing for like remote areas or something, being able yeah. to email paracetamol. Yeah. Or something. Well, I mean, there's the potential to print whole organs and that sort of thing if you if you have the right sort of materials to create them from. Wow. wow. Okay. So from Susie, we have printer pill. Yeah. Fantastic. What about you, Jim? So uh, in in the vein of Susie, I, I'm going to run with with the ants rather than the the spider goats. Um, they're, they're slower, so it's easier <laughs> for me to do that. Um, but uh, I think we can, we can learn a lot from the ants, and we can incorporate a lot of stuff that the ants do to make humans much, much better, more, more uh, just not so bad at messing everything up, which kind of seems to be the theme of what humans do. We're very good <laughs> at, at messing stuff up yes. in a big way, on a big scale. Um, and kind of the, the difference I see is that on an individual scale, ants are really, really stupid. Um, they don't have a proper brain. They've got groups of cells throughout their body called ganglia. Um, but they can make individual decisions, and those individual decisions can mean they can forage really effectively. They can find a new nest site. They can do loads of really complicated behaviors, like they can farm um, aphids. They can uh, cut leaves and, and grow mold on them uh, in their nests. They can raid other ants' nests for slaves. They can do all sorts of crazy things. Um, and they don't mess up the environment that they're in. They're, they're a, a kind of a working part of the ecosystem. Um, they don't leave kind of piles of nuclear waste in places. They don't uh, decide that fracking is a brilliant idea, for example. Um, so individually stupid, collectively very clever. So my theory is actually if you make humans individually much more stupid, <laughs> oh, no. then we can make much cleverer collective decisions. So we can go, hey, climate change, this is a problem, we should sort it out. And everyone goes, yeah, fair enough. I, I'm interested in this, yeah. Jim, because I think this is an experiment which is happening, again, right here at a festival right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of people making themselves a bit more stupid. Has anything been accomplished collectively over the weekend? We should ask our audience, has anybody actually managed to do anything while they're here? You have had fun. That's the voice of reason, actually. Yeah, it might be more fun being us. Yeah, we've made music and watched music. 
was slightly drier than we're indoors. <laughs> Is that why you're here? <laughs> but how, okay, but how would the country, or any country, be governed? In, in this case, if, it, if any individual is too stupid to be Prime Minister. Well, the, uh, again. <laughs> I mean, not that. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the evidence, obviously, from humans, uh, yeah, there's... <laughs> when it comes to, to, to ants, they, so they don't need to be governed because they're self-governing. Okay, so they're yeah. self-governing systems whereby each individual making a decision has an effect on the group as a whole. So if they want to make, a, like, move nests, for example, not one ant, so it's not like the Queen goes, Today we shall move yeah, nests, yeah, yeah, subjects, yeah. off we go. The, they just take, each ant takes little decisions and as a group they then find the optimal place that they need to be. So you don't need governing. I say I like that because a lot of people do seem to, th it's a misconception about ants, isn't it, that the queen is in charge. Yeah. When she's actually just a reproductive organ. Yeah. So can we take this one step forward and just make our queen our reproductive organ? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Lizzie would be busy and she'd be well worth the tax subsidy if she was doing that. <laughs> It would provide more value for the uh, the oh, royal yeah. family. Can we actually make that one like an additional pitch from you that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a good point. Someone from our audience just showed she's 89. I think there's still some good years in her. We, we could widen it out to the royals in general because they don't do much. So. Yeah, and they're well, actually no, I don't know about this anymore after the fuss of the last couple of royal births. Oh yeah. <laughs> every time. Yeah. Although if every time we had a day off. I'm up for that. <laughs> okay, so we have stupider individually, better as a society. Okay, that's perfect. So, ladies and gents, that's our, our panel's pitches. It's going to be over to you. And I first of all heard a great suggestion from John Chase. Is he here right now? Yeah. John, do you want to come <laughs> up on stage and use our mic here? like a panther. I didn't get hard. <laughs> Do you mind sharing with Rosie here? Oh, yeah. No so, John, what was your suggestion? How are you going to make humans better? Um, I had this idea. Do you know sometimes when you're trying to talk to someone and it's like, I just don't get what you're saying. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I was like, I wish I could just go, do you get it now? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. So I thought, could there be some way of getting a chip in the brain? that you could transmit your feelings like so people can empathize if you actually so they're not just saying i know how you're feeling it's like no you don't it's like no i know how you feel <laughs> i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Do you know what I mean? An empathy chip. Well, imagine like diplomats and everything, world wars, it's coming head to head. Oh, the war has been stopped. Everyone wants to get on now and be friends. The empathy chip. An empathy chip. Okay, actually, can I, can I plumb you for some answers here? So, yeah. if you're gonna... I suppose, first of all, because if, if it just involves you going up and touching someone, as you're suggesting, oh, I no. don't know if I want people giving me their emotions. <laughs> it's been close, man. I know how you feel. <laughs> I, I think the touch was more figurative. It could be more like um, putting your passcode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please put in the three numbers. Has that person got the same three numbers? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, you may now transmit empathy. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll so basically Bluetooth. <laughs> well, yeah. And um, Bluetooth empathy. Unless it gets hacked, well, that's a problem. But um, we'll, we'll pretend that we've got the technology for it not to be hacked. Can this end up in some kind of downward spiral in that case? Because, you know, I'm feeling really sad, now you're feeling really sad, and that makes me feel really sad. Is it going to just keep going down in a perpetual lip of depression? Oh, no, 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 you just find the nearest happy person. That We do have somebody in our audience who's been having a lot of fun, it seems, and now everybody's going to be touching them before they leave the tent. <laughs> we apologise in, in advance, and our lawyers um, apologise to us, too. Wasn't my fault. <laughs> All right, so we have an empathy chip. Thank you, John. We have had lots of other suggestions from our audience. They've written them down. Uh, has anyone grabbed you, Susie? Well, someone's written self-healing on this, which is sort of similar to what I was talking about as well-ish. Although if it's self-healing and your, your body just mends itself without even the need for 3D printing, then all the better. So that was Kirsten's idea. And someone else has written back's good for sitting, which, yeah, I, uh. I, I am feeling that after three nights in a tent very much. Yeah, back seems to be the worst of all organs. It seems to be one of those things that everybody gets hurt sometimes. Isn't it, well, isn't it because we evolved from w walking on all fours? Yeah. Is that a myth or is that, I, I think, think that's, that's real. I think that's at least partly true. It might be a bit more complicated. But you do get, there's a special organ that baboons have, and they call it, a, I think it's an ichthyal callosity. And it's basically... <laughs> sounds uh, painful. It does, but it does, doesn't it? But it's, it's comfy. It's basically um, a kind of bum cushion. <laughs> which is permanently attached to them. It's a piece of anatomy specifically designed for just having a sit down. When can, you we can we please add that to the list? That's my new favourite. There's a stall selling those right now. That'd be doing amazingly, wouldn't it? Yeah, I love that. Okay, butt cushion. Uh, ichthyal callosity sounded better, but butt cushion is what we're yeah, going for. Yeah, it's more catchy. Yeah. And there was self-healing there, okay. Jim, has anything got your eye? Uh, well, the, the first thing I noticed, I think you wrote these, didn't you? No, oh, no, I wrote them down because wrote, we ran no, 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 as in, yeah, you wrote them down. So you need to evolve better handwriting. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, evolve to be thinner ta and taller for ease of stacking. <laughs> for Sam, which I think is the solution to the, the kind of upcoming population crisis. I like that one. Um, uh, and the other good one was uh, be able to have energy enough... Uh, enough... What does it say? Uh, Toe, actually, can we stick to this one first of all, all right. for a second? Because what do you? No, because let's give these the time that they deserve. Oh, sorry. Like, sorry. Our oh. audience came up with these with like minutes of thought, so we have to really go for this. Uh, evolving to be thinner and taller—is that a generally good thing? 
Would we be the same volume? Because otherwise the stacking thing doesn't... No, but at least the sky is really high up there. We should just evolve to be tessellations so that we all fit together in our space. That would be better than being taller and thinner. Surely being smaller and thinner would actually be yeah, better exactly. for easier stacking. Oh, yeah. Sam, we'd like to modify your suggestion just to make us all hexagon shaped. <laughs> <laughs> for ease of stacking. Although, again, this is, this is going to add up for your oh, polyandry, like, isn't tetri- it? Tetris shapes, and then someone can have real fun doing oh. it. <laughs> I love that. I see, yeah. that, could, yeah. that could be really good for more complicated relationships as well. I, indeed, yes. Everyone can stack together like this. <laughs> oh, no, I need an L shape right now. <laughs> so everyone have to go... And it'll get faster and faster. That's like a virus. You started doing that and half the audience were humming along. (laughs) 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 What about you? Does anything catch you? Um, Well, does that that say walk away? Oh, run way faster. Oh, run way faster. Fly or teleport. Or fly or teleport. And I I definitely think flying or teleporting. I mean, when I was a child, I did actually ask my mum when my wings were going to grow. So I've I've definitely been thinking about wanting to fly for for many, many years. And I think there there was another one you had where someone had mentioned flying. So that definitely seems to be on the the agenda. Um, And and I'm definitely up for that one. But teleporting would be amazing, wouldn't it? I mean, that'd be be very cool. Um, be able to teleport back home to my nice warm bed. <laughs> nobody, would, <laughs> nobody would camp ever, surely. Well, you wouldn't have to, would you? I also thought a nice thing um, about camping would be if you could evolve um, the perfect um, airbed partner who would just be heavier than you, just enough to squish all the air into your side and um, to make it really comfy. I really quite like this. Um, Jim, you're, you're a zoologist of kinds. You reckon... Well, see, this, my zoology brain was thinking, well, what, what are the rules here with flying? That was exactly what I was going to ask you. Come on, the tell rules. us. I mean, is it, is it hard work? You and your I'm rules. Thinking, I'm thinking flying is hard work. It's like running, but even more so. So is it going to be really tiring having to fly? You're like, oh, I've been flying for hours. I'm knackered, man. Um, and, like, can you, ru- can you, like, if, if you can only run not very fast, can you only fly not very fast? Yeah. How, very, how fast, very close how to the fast ground. can a human fly? <laughs> These are key questions that we need to know. If Would there go be with like it. a sort of services, you know, where you can stop yeah. and have a coffee? Airbnb. I suppose there's yeah. always going to be. Or is it going to be the kind of thing that I recently don't. retired people take up as a hobby, like cycling or running, and sort of get all the kit and go flying yeah, yeah. on a Sunday morning? That's an expensive hobby, as you would flight from that. This yeah. is a good question, isn't it? Because if you think about uh, the birds, for example, or bats and things, they've undergone uh, losses. They have lost things in order to enable them to be able to fly. So we're going to have to make uh, humans going to be much, much smaller, perhaps, or lighter. bones, lighter bones. Yeah. Getting rid of bones. teeth is one of the most important ones for birds. Teeth? So what was that? We have to lose Actually, yeah, that's a good well, question. Yeah. Are we going to go all angelic and have big extra ones poking our backs? This, this is going to show us as a, a religious upbringing. Do you know seraphim? Because they supposedly had six pairs of wings. Wow. Um, they're kind of like the Gillette razor of angels. <laughs> <laughs> it's just to add an extra pair and it keeps getting better and better. How would you suggest? I, I think it'd be I good to go, this, go like bats and have sort of wings, but wings that are arms, so we'd still have like opposable thumbs and fingers yeah. on the end of our oh, wings. On the end of our wings, yeah, why not? So flappy, massive webbed fingers. Flappy, massive webbed arms, yeah. Which, which kind of, uh, kind of what a lot of frogs have. There's lots and lots of frogs which can yeah. fly, or yeah. when I say fly, it means fall without dying, basically. They, <laughs> they glide slowly Gliders, down. Gliders, aren't they, yeah. That'd be less work, so maybe just falling without dying. 
We've, we've, we've really, really scaled down this original vision. Yeah, because you wouldn't really get anywhere except down. Well, yeah, if we're going to go frog-like, then let's let's go the whole whole. What really frog. long the whole frog hog? And um, that would be that would I would like that very much. Because gas exchange in the skin, so we can swim underwater, breathing underwater. Is that would be really that would be cool, wouldn't it? I, yeah. I would yeah. love to. Watch. And that's where the falling without dying thing would come in really useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to wonder this myself because personally, whenever you know, I've often thought if I could be reincarnated, I'd always come back as a duck, because a duck is kind of like the all-terrain animal. Like it can fly, it can swim, it can sort of waddle. None of those well though. It's kind of it's, yeah. It's poor at them all, but it, it can do them. Some people are. You know, like I, I'm, I'm getting old and fatter. I'm going to be waddling soon. I can feel it happening. Jim, you have another one caught your eye there. Tell us more about it. So, Sinead suggested to us be able to have an, enough energy through the day without need of coffee. <laughs> um, I've got some really bad news here. You don't need caffeine. The only reason that caffeine seems to make you feel more alert is because you're addicted to caffeine and it's bringing you out of withdrawal overnight. That's why a cup of coffee in the morning makes you feel more alert. It's because you had a cup because you had coffee yesterday and the day before. If you've never had coffee, then a cup of coffee makes you absolutely no more alert than than a glass of water. Sorry. And, and as a non-coffee drinker, it tastes hideous. I feel kind of sad now. I love coffee. That's <laughs> fine. It's, it's fine. It's okay. To... We've all we've all got our addictions. <laughs> Have we? What's your... Well, uh, <laughs> that's a bit confessional. <laughs> well, I think we have, haven't we? Yeah, probably. Is anyone here hooked on coffee? <laughs> <laughs> See, somebody said, "Woo!" <laughs> I think I think chocolate for me. I'm sure there must be others. You, you study this also stuff, contains Susie. caffeine. Well, exa yeah. exactly, but I, and yeah. sugar. This mm -hmm. might sound like a strange mm -hmm. question, Susie. What is the best addiction? Oh God. <laughs> um, and well, remember, Susie, this is being recorded for the internet. I know. <laughs> so the, one of the things that um, we've been thinking about a lot at uh, at work, where I work, is that is it possible to have a harmless addiction? Is addiction without harm even possible? So this is sort of getting a bit philosophical now, but. Um, if you are addicted to something and it's sort of you're changing your behaviour around this substance, then even if it's causing you no sort of physical harm and arguably no mental harm, if it's making you spend your money on it or or that kind of thing, is that okay? So I don't have an answer for your question. I have another question. Sorry. Do you have an opinion? Um. Well, I don't have. I have. I have lots, lots of. of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I think. It, yeah, it's well. It sort of depends on on how you became addicted and sort of where your money is going and that kind of thing as to whether sort of how strongly I feel positively or negatively about addiction. So maybe if we can afford our addictions and we can afford our coffee, you and me, madam, we're doing okay. I can't yeah. afford the coffee in some places though. <laughs> London. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> We've got another live Yay. suggestion. Great. I was just going to say, can we add a, a, an extra button on John's chip that he suggested earlier where we can just get rid of addictions? Just an addiction deleter. Addiction deleter? Yeah. Are you happy with that, John? Cool. We're that in. <laughs> Empathy chip with an addiction deletion button. There, people are working on that. I know there is some stuff to try and stop. It's for heroin. So people will not feel the high if they take heroin if they take this sort of drug. There's a few. Yeah. There's a few um, drugs for that sort. Of, so there's something like 
that for heroin, which I think is useful if someone's had an overdose. It's a, a similarly shaped molecule that binds to the receptors, sort of, but doesn't have the effect that heroin has, so it sort of blocks the heroin from binding. But they're also looking into that for, for tobacco addiction as well. So um, a pill that makes tobacco less, well, stops you from absorbing the nicotine so much, I think that's how it works. Uh, sorry, I'm looking because there's uh, my colleagues in the crowd who know much better than me about this. Just but where would it end? Because would, would we end up trying to control, you know, stopping us feeling the good things like love and stuff? Like, because people are, are love addicts or sex addicts, you know, would we well, control I guess, yeah, those I mean, It has to be sort of people seeking out a treatment for something well, like smoking that's really, out, really do seek dangerous. Out treatments, yeah. don't they? For this might sound left field, but it's perhaps one of the answers for this that rather than fighting drugs, we should be building really, really good drugs, like things that people want to take but have got no side effects and aren't going to get anybody addicted. So they would choose, I want this now, and they make the same choice tomorrow rather than losing yeah. their freedom. Should we be doing research into making really good legalized drugs? <laughs> People are walking out at this. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they're going off to get some, you see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Separating the, the pleasure and the addiction is probably very difficult, I would say. I think very, very difficult. Mm, very, so very slippery slope. Because if you enjoyed doing it, then that would make you want to do it again, and that's sort of the beginning of that. Yeah, that but, is the process. But I'm not addicted to toast, and every time I have toast, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> are you I'm sure you're not addicted? addicted? Yeah, I'd say it's not an addiction. Like, there's, like, there must be some compulsions. There's things that we never tire of biologically. Uh, then what's that Nutella in your in your pocket there? Uh, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that allegation. I saw a used knife outside as well. <laughs> yeah, ooh. butter stains on it. We have another suggestion from the floor. You have a chip in your tongue which measures everything that you eat, and as soon as you hit the number of calories you need for the day. It just diverts all the food into a recycling bag <laughs> for easy um, sort of refuse at the end of the day. So we're what we're actually discussing here is a pudding belly, having a separate belly, yeah. Yeah. which we can empty. This is fantastic. What this, do you think, Tim? This is actually very similar to the one I've got in front of me here, which uh, says automatic calorie cancelling so that you can drink as much beer and scoff as many kebabs as required, um, but you, won't, you can have a hangover belly free, apparently. Oh, yeah, actually, on this one here, it, it said faster metabolism so we could eat all the cake as well. Actually, all the cake. I, I think mean, everyone must have been really hungry the when they wrote this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OK, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have had a lot of fantastic suggestions, so I'm going to read out each of them to you. You're going to have to scream and shout as loud as you want to vote. Whichever suggestion we take from this will go forward back to our boffins, and they will try and make that next human that extra bit more special from your ideas. So first of all, we had develop ways of maintaining all sorts of relationships. <laughs> that was one really horny person. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to meet up with that person um, after this. <laughs> this is not like a dating... Why not? <laughs> Good point. Why not? Multitasking. We also then had from Susie, print a pill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good for Mr. Print a pill. We had then from Jim, we had stupider just individually... <laughs> better collectively. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Optimistic. Thanks, thanks, I suppose you wouldn't just want to have one person voting for that, really, would <laughs> <laughs> be no good at all. 
I just wrote down Royals for a lot on that one. Maybe I do those. We, we were going to get Lizzie to, uh, oh, to make yeah. all the babies for it. Um, who thinks babies. that Elizabeth II should be the all-mother producing all children from now on? <laughs> we had an empathy chip with the addition of addiction deletion. I think that one's in the lead so far. We had uh, organic butt cushion. <laughs> yeah, butt cushion. I'm yeah, still I'm down like with it. the butt cushion. Yeah, the panel are down with the butt cushion. Our panel loves us. because these chairs on aren't very yeah, comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> then we had human flight in its various forms. Yay! Yeah. Uh, can we check that even, this side? That was even if it makes us look like frogs? I'm, I'm more for it if it makes us look like frogs. Yeah. We had uh, the pudding belly. <laughs> I think that one might currently be in the lead. I can't decide. Rachel, can you uh, arbitrate for us? Ladies and gentlemen, I think you have voted for the Pudding Belly. Yes. We have been talking about one for a long time. It's about time we go and get one. We'll take that off to our boffins. Thank you ever, ever so much. Have a really good time at the rest of your festival. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to levelupyuman.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.